You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Flip. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Why are you glitching out on me? Hi, how's everybody doing? Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday filled with wonderful college football things. Um, By the way, speaking of... If you're interested in all things college football, I was I was very much contemplating, and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, a couple of the quarterbacks that I very briefly looked at and had my eye on, uh, primarily because I don't want to get too far into, oh, Aaron Rodgers. No, I just, I'm just interested. But I saw a thing about uh, Quinn Ewers, or however you say the guy's name, and how impressive he's been, and I realized something. By the way, we're talking about the Jets today, but just let me do what I want to do. Just, we'll get there. Last year, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours developing a formula for my top prospects. Quarterback was a part of that, although, you know, the Packers really have no interest in quarterbacks. I was still, you know, I put quarterbacks in it so I can have a full thing. And um, you got to understand, I'm not a, a massive college football freak in any respect. So I don't know what the conversations are, what the hype is. I don't know any of that stuff. So I put out the list and I had people freaking out. Anyways, what I realized, and I know Quinn has always been a massive prospect. I, I've, I've heard his name for a long time, so I get it. That's somewhat of a slightly different thing. But the hype for Quinn Ewers, or again, however you say his name, just like most quarterbacks, has to do with the fact that the main obsession with quarterbacks is big time throws because I looked at it and he's not really graded out all that well and then I see he played against Alabama didn't I don't know if he was hurt or what but he didn't throw any touchdowns no didn't do much of anything Um, he has an interception in every game outside of that but he has almost one of the highest big time throw percentages in all all of college football he's an exciting quarterback and last year the guy that I was told I was an idiot for having so low on my list was Tyler Van Dyke He's just the greatest thing in the history of the universe. How dare you not say Tyler Van Dyke is so elite? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. He's just not. The The stats are what the stats are. Turns out he had one of the highest big-time throw percentages in all of college football. He's a big-time throw guy. He also throws a bunch of interceptions. 
and a bunch of turnover-worthy plays. And this year, I'm tempted to be a spiteful kind of jerk and, and go back in my Twitter feed and find the guy that harassed me for an entire day about how great Tyler Van Dyke was and how much of an idiot I am and how garbage my whole formula is for not having Tyler Van Dyke as a first-round prospect because everybody knows he is, and right now, he's just not good at football. He has a 60 overall grade, which is lower than his 75 overall grade last year. Don't ever doubt me is is the point. (laughs) Even when I don't watch a single throw of college football, I still know more than you, so bow down to me. That's all that's all I wanted to get across to you. No, honestly, what I was trying to say before I got carried away is that if you're interested in um, college football and Green Bay Packers prospects in particular in the draft, then check out uh, yesterday's episode of Always Draft Season. C.J. Stroud isn't Justin Fields and prospects for Packers. By the way, as soon as I saw that this was the episode, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit. Because the exact narrative for Justin Fields is that Justin Fields is not Dwayne Haskins, and now <laughs> now C.J. Stroud isn't Justin Fields. But uh, definitely go check that out, because there are a lot of conversations. I'm hearing a ton of things about how we need more edge rushers, we need more this, we need to go back into the well and find a wide receiver, we need to do this, that, and the other thing. And um, I'm not going to dive into that, because they already did. However, I do want to touch on, and I'm not saying you guys are wrong. But I'm getting to the point where I'm just kind of annoyed by the conversation about we don't have any depth at edge rusher. And maybe it's going to come across as just coming in hot for Joe Barry, but I think that's a lame excuse. I think that is an incredibly lame excuse. We have dominant players from end to end on this defense. There are teams that not only don't even have a Rashawn Gary, they they don't even really have a Preston Smith on their team. All right? So... Yeah, I understand that our backups are not dominant players, but I don't care. It's We're talking about the number three and number four player. The other thing that's, that's bothersome to me is what's the, what difference does a really good pass rusher make if they, they can't get to the quarterback because the ball comes out too quickly? You can, have elite ed, you can have 10 elite edge rushers on the team, but if the ball gets out in one and a half seconds to a guy on a crossing route, what the heck is the point? Who cares? Rashawn's getting there. Kenny's getting there. Somebody's always getting to the quarterback, but the ball's always getting out. So I I just, I'm getting annoyed with the conversation at this point. We have the team. Let's focus on making them play better and putting them in better positions. I don't want to go out and get Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver. Sorry, Goose, but no, I don't want to trade for Brian Burns. It's not that I don't like Brian Burns. I loved him in the draft. He's doing a great job in football right now. But something about having the two highest paid pass rushers um, in the NFL next year kind of makes me a little uncomfortable, <laughs> i.e. financially impossible slash fiscal suicide. Something, something about that seems rough. I mean, I'm always annoyed by the we should trade for conversations, but at this point when we've kind of identified some of the issues... The fact that I really don't see wide receiver as a major issue for the offense. I don't see, you know, when I see the collapses on defense, I really don't see backup edge rusher as a major contributor. I don't remember one time when I went back. I mean, we we just did the recaps. It was two days of recaps. I don't remember one time going, freaking Garvin, you idiot. Not once. I don't remember saying, Kingsley, come on, man. Ever. I remember saying that 95 times about Quay Walker, probably a dozen times about 
Devondre Campbell, Jair, Stokes, Savage. There might have been four times I, I, I watched a play on offense and said, yeah, there was nowhere to go on that. But very rarely was that the issue. Usually it's Royce. Come on, dude. Can you block for two seconds? Or Rodgers, you had a guy open. Please stand in and throw it. The point is, we, we have the guys. I don't want to trade for anybody. I want them to play better. I'm tired of this. You know, I mean, especially on defense, though. This, there, there has never been a defense more stacked in the history of the universe. I, I don't care. This GM has bought in hook, line, and sinker, right? He, he got duped. He got duped by everybody. Whoever it was that was convincing him that we were lacking talent, he got lied to, and he went all in, all in. He spent his entire tenure as a Green Bay Packers GM saying, we're fixing this defense. He got pick after pick after pick after pick and free agent after free agent after free agent after free agent. He has neglected the offense entirely in the pursuit of fixing the defense. And all along, lo and behold, it wasn't the defense's fault. We need a competent defensive coordinator. And in in all that time we spent diligently finding the best players from across the globe to play defense, we allocated almost no resources, apparently, to finding the greatest defensive coordinator minds that we can to put all the pieces together, which is really upsetting. It's like we, we assembled the greatest sports car in the world, but didn't bother to find a, a really good or, or built a, an elite race car and didn't really worry about finding a good driver. Well, guess what? You're going to lose. So I don't want to go all the way down that line again. We've done that all week. I, I'm just, just if you're wondering my position on it, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't think there is a Whitney Merciless out there. Maybe there is. I don't know. We can't afford a high-priced guy, and anybody that's not high-priced, there's no reason to believe they're going to be a real major contributor. We have arguably the best pass rusher in the entire NFL. Figure it out. We got one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. Figure it out. Cry me a river. Well, the pass rush isn't where it needs to be. We need to find someone else. Nope. Nope. Sorry, Joe. Not giving you that. I'm not playing this game where we pretend Joe Barry doesn't have the weapons to succeed. Not doing it. Now, I do understand that that conversation has come up a little bit because of the Rashawn Gary injury. Um, just to be clear on that injury front, it sounds to me like Rashawn's going to be okay. I, I don't really know. He's got a toe injury. Um, I went on social media, and what the heck happened to my thing now? There we go. I'm blind and stupid. Don't worry about it. I feel like since I hit about 30, I mean, it's, I've always been this way, but it, it is really bad right now. When I hit maybe 33-ish, it is to the point where if I set something down, I, it literally vanishes in thin air. And then when I find it, it's just sitting right in front of me. I don't know if I'm having like micro seizures or what, or if the universe is playing tricks on me and it literally makes it disappear because I cannot, I had like, you know, the little, uh, Toolbar on the bottom, windows. I've got about eight of those things right there. One of them is my little audio selector thing. I looked over, looked and looked and looked and looked, and I'm like, it's gone. I must have closed it. I f- can't believe I can. I got to reopen it. That's annoying. And so I'm looking and looking again. I did a second time and a third time, and then I close everything, and I go to find it so I can open it, and then I see it just sitting there. It, was ne- it never left. I don't get it. 
I think 50% of my, my life now is looking like Adrian Monk when he's trying to solve a case. You know, he does the hand thing. I'm literally in my kitchen doing that, like scanning and looking. I'm like, I know it's here. And I'm, I'm looking at, at each item, like look directly at it. Is that it? And I just keep looking back and forth. And my wife said, what are you doing? I'm like, it, I set something down. I can't find it. And if I tell her what it is, she'll point at it, that thing right in front of my face and say that. And then she looks with a terrified look on her face like, are you serious? Are you okay? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't have any answers. Anyways, I always told you, make sure, especially when there's a salacious quote uh, in a press conference, that you go back and listen to it yourself. The quote that circulated all over social media that made me really nervous was, uh, for example, Matt Schneidman said, quote, definitely a little concerned about that in regards to Rashawn Gary's toe. And I saw that and thought, uh-oh. They're definitely concerned about Rashawn Gary's injury. Sounds like he's not going to be playing for a while. I can't believe this. This is a disaster. Let's just cancel the season. Here's the quote, as it was said by uh, Mr. Matt LaFleur. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, I, I don't know to the extent of it. We'll see if he can go practice today. But, uh, you know, definitely a little concerned about that. That was it. That's the whole thing. He doesn't know the extent of the injury, but definitely a little concerned. Well, duh. He doesn't know what the situation is, but his star pass rusher apparently has a toe injury. Are you concerned? Well, yeah, obviously, a little bit concerned. We'll find out what the extent of the injury is. And then, you know, because whenever he's asked, are are guys going to practice? He says, well, I think when asked about Rodgers, he said yes, but Rodgers is a special case. He's going to go directly to everybody and say, I want to know right now what's going on with my quarterback, but... Every other time he's been asked, is so-and-so going to practice? He says, we'll see when we get out there. He doesn't know. So we're taking, yes, I'm a little concerned, or I'm definitely concerned, as I know the situation, and I'm very concerned about it. He's saying he doesn't know. But yeah, the guy's got a toe injury. Of course it's concerning. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a concerning injury. I'm just saying Matt LaFleur didn't tell us that it is concerning. He said he's concerned, but he doesn't know. So anyways, I do hope Rashawn Gary is okay. Obviously, he is... Maybe the most important piece on this entire defense. I would say he is the most important piece, especially since the way we play in the secondary is we are essentially a secondary that plays as though we don't have a star. So I'm not saying I'm not glad we have Jair, but anyways. The final thing I want to do, I want to play this, and I know you guys are tired of it and you want to move on, I get it. But um, as these things come up, I want to keep you abreast of the situation. And so we've been having a week-long conversation about the defense Mina Kimes put this video together, kind of just further um, adding to the point that uh, we've all been trying to understand as far as what's been going on. And and we really hope to see a change this week. That's the biggest thing that we want to see with the Jets is Joe Barry and the, the defense and even the offense with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have identified not just here's where we're not executing the way we want to play, but here's the flaws in the way we want to play and the differences. But anyways... This is it, I promise, and then we're moving on. Mina Kimes giving some statistics about the Green Bay Packers. What do you think the Packers need to change? The defense drives me crazy, Laura, because they're so talented at every level. But they play like they're being chaperoned at a middle school dance. You know, where you got to leave room for the Holy Ghost. I mean, they're so Holy Spirit. They leave room for the Holy Spirit. Look at these statistics. 
I want you to see these statistics that show uh, what how the Packers are playing when defenses are targeted from NGS. Oh they are giving so much cushion. They are playing off coverage, the second highest rate in the NFL. So of course they're allowing a massive second highest rate of off coverage. This freaking defense is based on elite players with elite speed, and we're giving everybody, including the undrafted free agent, garbage-wide receivers we've been going up against, and the backup quarterbacks, the most coverage in the NFL, aside from one team, or the, the, the most cushion, aside from one team. I'm going to lose my mind. Of completion percentage and look it's one thing when it's week one and you're hitting justin jefferson on wide open cross average cushion third most in the nfl 7.5 yards of cushion on average eight yards on average of space we don't need jair alexander trade him if you're gonna play like this routes it's another thing last week when they're getting killed by Darius Slayton who's wide open it's frustrating because it does not have to be this way they have DBs who can play man who are sticky they have a pass rusher should be I'm not even talking about man I'm not nobody plays a ton of man nobody's playing 80% man like the highest rate in the NFL is maybe 50%. I'm not necessarily talking about man, but eight yards of cushion pisses me off on average. Getting after it. They have linebackers who are so Barry. solid in coverage, but it doesn't look like it. So I, I am begging Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, to play more aggressively this week than you have thus far in the season. All right. There you go. I'm done. We're moving on. The New York Jets. Um, we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about the Packers and not really knowing where they are. The Jets are kind of interesting because it kind of seemed like we knew who they were sort of until this past week. Um, they played Baltimore week one. Predictably, they got spanked. Um, they lost 24 to nine week two. They play the Cleveland Browns. Um, surprisingly, they put up 31 points or excuse me, 30 points, but they still lost. The Cleveland Browns are a complete disaster. I mentioned how, you know, the, the conversations are surrounding Deshaun Watson. I mean, they, they don't have a quarterback, but, um, you know, you listen to, um, I wanted to say Clowney, uh, what the heck is the guy's name? Garrett. They just sound like a team that's really fed up with the noise outside. It's a... Toxic locker room might be taking it a little bit too far, but it's hard to be encouraged and be like, yeah, we're going to be awesome because everybody just hates you. They hate your team. They hate your organization and they hate everybody hates your quarterback and your quarterback's not even playing. So you don't have much hope. It's just, it was a disaster. So you barely beat Cleveland. Then you play Cincinnati. Cincinnati is in complete disarray. They're a disaster of an organization right now after uh, going to the Super Bowl. They lost two games in a row to the Steelers and the Cowboys, um, which is sad. And they lost 27 to 12. Then they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that is a complete mess, a complete disaster. And they ended up pulling out a win 24-20. So, I mean, they're two and two, but the two teams they beat are complete jokes. They've only played one good team. They got spanked. They played another kind of bad team, at least at the time. And uh, they got absolutely destroyed. So going into Miami, this was pretty straightforward. Um, the Miami Dolphins were three and one. Um, they did just lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, but playing really good football. They beat the Buffalo Bills. Everything's going great. The Jets don't seem to have any talent whatsoever. 
they beat the, uh, the, the Dolphins 40 to 17. Now, granted, it's a divisional opponent, but 40 to 17, they haven't scored 40 points in like, what, five years? Since 2018 was the last time they scored 40 points, 42 to 34. So four years, four years since they've scored 40 points. That was almost exactly four years ago. It was October 14th against Indy. Um, it was over four years ago when they played Detroit, when they beat somebody that badly, 48-17. to 17. Now, granted, they still sucked, right? This is still a really bad football team in 2018. It was the 4-12 and 12 Todd Bowles New York Jets, which, you know, again, if you're wondering what's wrong with Tampa Bay, maybe it's Todd Bowles, I don't know. But that should at least cause a little bit of hesitation. The New York Jets are 3-2, and two, having just beaten a competent team 40-17. to 17. The last time they had three wins this early in the season was 2017. Again, still sucked. 5-11 and 11 Todd Bowles Jets. But I, I just, just like I've been doing the last several weeks, right? I, I tempered expectations against New England. Because, you know, Packers haven't been super great. It's still Bill Belichick. It's still a Bill Belichick defense. Let's not just assume this is a walk in the park. Same thing I said last week with the Giants. The Giants seem to be a much better team than we're used to. This isn't the same Giants as always. They're much more motivated with their new head coach and new defensive quarter, quarter, uh, defensive coordinator. They're playing hard. They're running the ball incredibly well, which is an area that we struggle. Saquon is one of the top running backs in football. Let's not assume this is going to be a walk in the park. So when you see that we are seven and a half point favorites up against the Jets, who have not been a con- I think I just I did an interview uh, with Play Like a Jet yesterday, uh, last night for the podcast for his podcast. One of the other rare people who does a daily podcast. Um, always admired his work from afar. But anyways, he we were talking afterwards, and um, he was saying they haven't had. What did he say? They haven't been to the playoffs since 2011. Haven't had a winning season in I don't know since like 2013, 14, something like that. So we have that burned into our head. Yeah, but it's the Jets. Come on. It's the Jets. Come on. Come on. Yeah, right. Like, just like, yeah, it's the Giants. Come on. Come on, the Patriots. They, they're not good this year. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know. You know. You know. We don't know. Right? We have to. It's the exact same thing I said about the Packers. Early in the season, we defer to last year. Week one, you look entirely at last year couple tweaks that were made and say maybe these things change things to make them a little bit better or a little bit worse a little bit uh, stronger this but a little bit weaker this or that or whatever um a, a tiny dab of what we've seen in the offseason actually we probably put way too much in the offseason but let's just pretend that we're reasonable and we don't put too much into the offseason you know they seem to be struggling here or this rookie looks elite watch out for that but as the season rolls on you have to recognize this is a new team with a new identity and a new this that and the other thing and so while I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that the Jets are a, a necessarily a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, I would like to point out this is a different football team, right? This is not the same team that we've seen. This is not the Todd Bowles Jets. This is not the Adam Gase Jets, which was a joke of a hire. This is the Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur Jets. And they're going into year two of that system of learning to play like the 49ers. They seem to be playing better. They seem to be playing harder, which is the first thing I'd like to point out. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. There are certain teams that we struggle against because of the way they play football. One of those teams, maybe the number one team, is the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to you that the Jets are as competent and talented as the 49ers, but Robert Sala is going to do his best to make these guys do a 49ers impression. And again, it's not just a talent thing. It's a the way they play football thing. It's a scheme thing. And while, um, you know, Matt LaFleur's little brother is a poor excuse for a Sean McVay replica, Robert Sala literally is the architect. He is the guy that, that made us look like garbage multiple times. So we cannot march into this saying it's the Jets. This this needs to be an easy win, bounce back kind of thing. We're at home. We're coming off a, a loss, and we always win after a loss, just like we always beat teams when we're eight point favorites, right? And they're they're a bad team, and you know they they don't run well. That's not true. Their quarterback sucks. That's not necessarily true anymore. This is going to be a walk in the park, and it's just a matter of we need to win this. No, that's not how this is going to work. Right now, the New York Jets rank eleventh on offense, and 19th on defense. That's just in terms of points. In terms of yards, 12th on offense, 10th on defense. They are 4th in interceptions with 7. They are the 5th stingiest run defense, which is not what we want to see. We want to see that we're able to, you know, run the ball well. Why? Because, well, if they start taking the run away, we're going to lean really heavily on the pass, and that's going to be a problem. Well, they've got Quinn and Williams who, you know, kind of struggled early on, 
as the sixth highest graded um, defensive tackle in football right now. They have Sheldon Rankins, who has a 73 overall grade right now. They have um, John, John Franklin Myers, who has gotten better every single year. His four years, 65, 71, 80 so far this year, 86.6 overall grade. 13th highest graded edge rusher in football. On the other hand, Carl Lawson, who was the star of the team for many years, the premier edge rusher, is now being overshadowed by their really dominant defensive tackles and edge rushers. They have a very, very good defensive front. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to try our best to block these guys who are really good pass rushers and try to throw the ball. Unfortunately, we're throwing up against rookie Sauce Gardner, who's already showing out to be a really good corner in the NFL, fourth overall pick, I believe, and DJ Reed, who is the eighth highest graded corner in football last year. He's 19th right now, but still very good. This is one of the better cornerback duos in football. Now, they've got some weaknesses at, for example, linebacker. C.J. Mosley has, first of all, always been overrated, but the last two years in particular under Robert Sala, whatever it is they want him to do, he's been having a hard time with that. Um, They've got Quincy Williams, who's always been bad, and then they have Quan Alexander, who's always been massively overrated, but I'm sure he serves a very important role as far as his speed and everything. LaMarcus Joyner is... uh, Hasn't really been very good. He's, he's one of those guys that got paid because of one good year, and he's bounced around a ton. So, so they have a couple weaknesses in a couple different places. Jordan Whitehead is not necessarily doing as good as he was last year with Tampa Bay. But that, that's, that's the main thing. And if the Jets are smart, they watch what the Giants did, and they said this is very simple. We're going to have our corners play up tight on, on their wide receivers. We're going to bring pressure. We're going to stack the box. And if they run, they're going to run into a stack box. And if they throw... Rodgers isn't going to have much time, and he's going to have to you know, force some throws to guys that are probably not going to be open. Even their slot corner is ranked 50th in the NFL. That's their number three guy, ranks 50th. That's not bad, 64 overall grade. So, you know, there are opportunities here, but I, I just want to look directly at that. What are you going to do? You're the Packers' offensive coordinator. You're being told by the fans that this is a walk in the park. You better just win. What do you do? They've got really good corners, and they have a dominant defensive line. So what? What are you going to do? You're going to run the ball against one of the stingiest run defenses in football? You're going to try to attack deep? How? Watson's out. You're going to try your hand at Romeo Dobbs? He hasn't been able to beat anybody deep all year, despite the claim that he's this elite deep threat. And by the way, again, I do think that's a big deal. I know a lot of people want to look at Christian Watson and his production and say, well, he's he hasn't been very productive as it is. Yes, he has. If you look at a lot of the catches that are made, they're made underneath Christian Watson as he opens up space in the middle of the field because of his speed clearing away safeties. We don't have that guy anymore. He also massively helps the run game. Have you noticed a correlation between when Watson plays and how great we run compared to when Watson doesn't play and how much we don't run very good? Christian Christian Watson missed one week of the season, right? Remember that? You know what week it was? Let me let me see if you can find out what week it was. Let me give you a hint here. Here are Aaron Jones's Yards per attempt this week, or uh, by week. 9.8 yards, 8.8 yards, 3 yards, 6.9, and 4.8. So 10, 9, 3, 7, 5. It was week three. Well, that was Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's an elite run defense. No, they're not anymore. Their defense ranks 15th. They're giving up 4.4 yards per attempt. Aaron Jones got 3 yards per attempt. So yeah, I'm nervous about not having Christian Watson. 
because there's there's the point is our offense is limited as it is. But at least with him, you can kind of stretch the field out a little bit and create some space and create some more opportunities on top of the fact that he's actually a very good run blocker. So his speed and his blocking ability help with the run game. We'll see what happens this week. I don't think it's a minor thing that Watson's out. I think it's a major thing. I think there's a reason that they really, 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 really loved Marquez Valdez-Scantling, despite the fact that he wasn't massively productive as a receiver. It's because of what he did schematically for this offense, regardless of if he ever catches a pass. Christian Watson's doing the same thing. Sammy Watkins is the other guy that does that. He's also hurt. And now they're talking about Christian might be out for some time because he has recurring hamstring injuries. Maybe they need to really give it some time to heal. So yes, I'm concerned about that. So again, I'll put it back to you. You are the offensive coordinator. You are the head coach. What are you going to do? What's the plan? And I want you to make it look easy. I want you to just drive down the field because it's the Jets and they suck. And I want you to put up about 35 points. I want you to just steamroll this team. It's the Jets. Granted, they've only given up 30 points once this year. Baltimore only scored uh, 24. Bengals only got to 27. The Dolphins only got to 17 last week. But I want you to steamroll this defense. I want you to just shred them to pieces. What's the solution? That's the issue. It's not as easy as we want to make it seem by just saying it's the Jets. It's not that simple. It's the Jets have a pretty good pile of players. I mean, they've, they've been picking in the top five for like a decade. They've accumulated a couple players. Again, Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner to name two. If we go to the offensive side of the ball, um, Zach Wilson right now, eighth highest, highest graded quarterback. It's a small sample size, but he is the eighth highest graded quarterback. So come on, it's Zach Wilson. He's trash, blah, blah, blah. I, I went over the stats last night. Um, they don't seem massively impressive. Still a bunch of turnover-worthy plays. I don't know how they came to this conclusion. Maybe he's doing a good job under pressure. Maybe it's the deep ball. Don't know, don't care. They've come to the conclusion that he's actually playing pretty good ball. Garrett Wilson, rookie wide receiver, 10th overall pick this year. He is currently the um, 21st ranked wide receiver. He's ranked 21st, 76 overall grade. So they have a really solid wide receiver. Not to mention Corey Davis has always been a pretty solid wide receiver. Um, kind of a back-end number one or a really good number two option. So they have a number one in Garrett Wilson already as a rookie. They have a really solid number two. Wilson's playing much better at quarterback. So this is, regardless of what you think of Wilson, this is still probably one of the better quarterbacks we've seen all year. Daniel Jones, Bailey Zappi. I mean, Tom Brady has some talents, but at least he can't move and he, he had no weapons. We don't, we don't even get the luxury of saying, hey, at least we're playing Wilson. <laughs> okay. And, and hilariously, one of the biggest weaknesses on this team is their offensive line, but it reminds me a lot of the Giants. They have one good tackle and a bunch of garbage outside of that. That's exactly what the Giants had. The biggest difference, though, is that this team actually has a better group of wide receivers. Now, um, the running back, Brees Hall, is not as good as Saquon Barkley, obviously. I think if there is a... a, a if I had to bet on one side of the ball turning it around, it's the defense. Not necessarily because I have confidence in Joe Barry changing things or anything. I just think, if anything, the defense is going to shine because for the first time in a long time, and we'll see if the, the, the Jets adapt, this is a team that is a heavy passing team. They are the second most, uh, second highest passing team in football. Now, granted, a lot of that might have to do with playing from behind, but regardless... They are second in passing attempts, 23rd in rushing attempts. And honestly, 
I, I don't even know if you can say that it's because of being behind. Maybe it was the Browns shootout. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, they, they put the Dolphins away early and rushed for almost as many yards as they passed for. Pittsburgh was a four-point game, so I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's it. It's a team that passes a lot. On top of that, Zach Wilson has the fourth slowest release of any quarterback in football. 3.09 seconds. You know what the bad news is, though? Daniel Jones is the third slowest. You know what happens when he went up against the Packers? Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not. Oof. Here, here's his time to throw by week. Against Tennessee, 3.03 seconds. Carolina, 3.27 seconds. Dallas, 3.37 seconds. Chicago, 3.52 seconds. Green Bay, 2.7 seconds. Remember when I kept saying that we don't need more pass rushers? We just need a... a secondary that can actually cover for more than a second so our guys can put their guys on their back. Daniel Jones's quickest release all season was 3.03 seconds in week one. He got the ball out of his hand in 2.7 seconds against the Packers because we allowed him to. He had quick routes wide open very early. This is... I hate so many things. So it's, it's, it's a golden opportunity. It's a golden opportunity. Zach Wilson... And the Jets, they like to throw the ball a lot. Zach Wilson holds on to the ball for way too long. Force him to do that. He'll do it. And then, then you'll be able to sack him. It's very simple. Don't give up. D- don't give a lot of cushion. Don't give a lot of space underneath. And give him easy completions. Because he's not a very talented quarterback. He's still young. He's still learning. He still throws a ton of turnover-worthy plays. In fact, his big-time throws two turnover-worthy plays for. That is to say, twice he's thrown an impressive throw, and four times he's nearly thrown a pick, despite the fact that only two of them were picked off. If you give him easy throws, if you play soft defense, that long time to throw thing goes away. Your pass rush goes away. Your opportunities to get interceptions goes away. Why you would freaking concede that, I have no idea. You're so scared of guys getting 40-yard chunks on this secondary built on premier players that are not going to allow that to happen. Blows my mind. By the way, Zach Wilson, again, only played in two games. His grade week one, when his release was 3.31 seconds, was a 69. When he got the ball in in 2.73 seconds against Miami, 82 overall grade. Because obviously, every quarterback is better when they can get the ball out of their hand quicker. Don't let him do that. Here's another thing. When Zach Wilson has been kept clean this year, he has a 92.5 overall grade. He has a 70.7 completion percentage, 416 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. When under pressure, 32.9 overall grade, three of 16 completions. Three completions, 16 attempts, 18.8 completion percentage. This guy is Justin Fields without the athleticism. 46 yards, two interceptions. He has almost as many interceptions as he has completions when he's under pressure. The formula in this game could not be any more simple, but Joe Barry has to do something different. You have to play up on the line of scrimmage. Take away the quick completions, the fast completions. You have to take that away. Force them to threaten you down the field. Well, that's a high-risk play, Garrett Wilson, 4-3-8 speed. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're right. And he might get some big plays. That's a great point. That's why you have the secondary that you have. That's why you've invested so much 
in the secondary so that you can play high-risk, high-reward defense because you trust in these guys to make plays. You trust in Adrian Amos. You trust in Darnell Savage. You trust in Jair. You trust in Stokes. You trust in Razul. That's why you got them, especially when you're focused on speed. Yeah, 438 is quick, but he'd be like the fifth fastest guy if he raced our DBs. <laughs> Remember I said Zach Wilson ranks eighth overall. He ranks 13th as far as his deep passing, which isn't bad, but it's, it's worse than average. In other words, you would expect him to be roughly eighth. So he's a worse deep thrower than your average quarterback. So far on the season, two completions and a pick when throwing 20 yards down the field or deeper. So again, if I had to pick, if, if, if I shouldn't even say if I had to pick because I'm, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to trust that it's going to happen. However, if you told me one side of the ball really showed out, it's just sitting there for the defense. This is, this is just ripe for the taking. It's just sitting right there. This is exactly what you want. The offensive line cannot stop your pass rushers. They can't. They suck. They're bad at football. And, and even their one good tackle isn't as good as the Giants' one good tackle. The opportunity for pass rush is there. The, the formula for beating the team is there. It's right there. Don't allow the quick, easy throw. Get the pass rush, because our guys get there in about two and a half seconds, and force Zach Wilson to try to make some high-risk, high-reward throws, because as we've seen, Although he has some big-time throws, he has about twice as many turnover-worthy plays as he has big-time throws. Trust in your top-tier defensive uh, backs, that's the one, to make plays. And yeah, you're, you're, I'm, I don't know what it is about Packers defensive coordinators and just thinking if, if, if they complete a 20-yard pass, I'm going to freak out. I, I'm going to just resign. I, I cannot ever allow the deep passes. The explosive play. The Packers just in general are obsessed with explosive play. The offense is the same way. If we win, but we mostly just ran the ball and threw short passes that were efficient and we moved down the field and and sustained long drives and beat the team, they're miserable. We suck. We didn't do enough deep passing. Didn't take enough shots. We got to get better at that. And we we can win a game with a bunch of sacks and two picks, but man, if we give up like two, three deep passes, we are just garbage. And by the way, that is what I'm proposing, and, and that's going to be a source of frustration. And if, if, if we do that and our defense really shows out, but there's a couple deep passes that happen because we're kind of pressed at the line and they happen to get behind us and the safety can't get there and Zach Wilson makes a... That's going to happen, and that's the trade-off. And so if you're with me on this, then you can't on the back end complain when we end up starting to see more pass deflections, more interceptions, more sacks, more production, but, but also giving up those plays. It's a trade-off. Are you willing to make that trade-off or not? If not, then, then let's just stay with the soft zone. We'll take away the deep stuff. We'll allow the underneath. We'll give up long, sustained drives to tire out our defense and, and drain us till the end. And then it comes down to about a three-point game, 12-12, to 12, and whoever kicks the last second field. If that's what you want, then let's just keep doing that. But that's, that's what I'm proposing. More high-risk, high-reward. Trust in your DBs. Trust in, your pressure, in the guys that generate pressure. Yeah, sometimes the pressure isn't going to get there and the and you know the the receiver's going to win and they're going to hit the deep pass. But I'm betting on our defensive line over their offensive line. I'm betting on our DBs against their wide receivers and I'm also betting on their quarterback not being able to be that top-tier guy that can handle this kind of a high-flying game. This kind of a high-flying situation where you got to be fast, you got to be quick, you got to be, you know, pressure's coming and and you got to make the deep passes, you got to make the accurate passes with pressure in your face and and DBs flying around and judging the speed when you're, you know, when you're talking instead of 5-yard 
five-yard pass with the guy wide open. Now you're talking about kind of a DB's running stride for stride. I got to make a tight window pass at just the right time, 40 yards down the field. You might have a little hesitation there. I trust our defense to win that kind of game. As opposed to the these offenses, you know, they're, every offense is good enough to execute what our defense is allowing. That's the problem. Every offense can run the ball. I'm not saying necessarily effectively, but, I mean, they know how to do it. Every offense, regardless of the quarterback, Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, uh, Zach Wilson, um, my seven-year-old can complete a five-yard pass to a wide-open guy across the field. My eight-year-old. Keep calling him seven. He's eight now lose track after a while it's a bad dad thing (laughs) i got a lot of kids man leave me alone anyways i don't even know if we took a break but i I don't have a ton else to say um you know we we can go piece by piece and and break down the intricacies of this that or the other but again it's it's all right there uh offensively i don't know i don't really know the solution um I, i think it just comes down to as much as I hate to say it because the coaches annoy me with this stuff, but it really just is execution. Um, they're going to try to make you one-dimensional and um, assume that you won't be able to execute. And so far, that gamble has more or less paid off. And the Packers either need to run into looks that are trying to stop the run and be successful doing it and or be able to throw. Well, it, let, let's be honest. The, the, the most obvious thing is you need to be able to throw and they're daring you to throw. Because if we can't do that, we're not going to win. And as much as, you know, Sauce and Reed are, are good corners, this isn't the most dominant defense in football. It's not going to be the best secondary we're going to see all year. It's probably not even the best secondary we've seen so far this year. I think Tampa Bay is probably better. But, you know, we paid Aaron Rodgers a billion dollars. And um, I know it's not all on Aaron Rodgers, and I don't mean to blame it all on Aaron Rodgers, but I don't necessarily see the point in paying a quarterback a billion dollars when teams decide the best way to beat you is to make you pass and you can't do it. Maybe that's LaFleur's fault, the offensive line's fault, the wide receiver's fault. I don't know. But what's the point? If we're going to dink and dunk our way down the field with a bunch of behind the, 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 the line of scrimmage passes, we don't need Rodgers to do that. We don't need Rodgers to throw the ball out of bounds because nobody's open down the field. And if we're really just worried about the pocket collapsing constantly and needing to break the pocket, maybe a younger guy with more athleticism does make sense. Maybe we should get a Justin Fields. Why not? You know, an athletic guy that can throw a five-yard pass? Don't need to worry about the deep passes because we're not going to throw to Christian Watson anyway. We had, again, we had Alan Lazard wide open down the field, didn't throw to him. Now, Rodgers does do a great job on those 50-50 balls. He's one of the only guys that's going to throw a pass to a blanketed Alan Lazard exactly where it needs to be, where you can catch it for that one reception per game, we're going to lose that because not many guys can throw that absolutely perfect pinpoint pass to where only Lazard can get it. But I'm willing to sacrifice that one play, right? And again, it's it's unfair, but it's a reality. It's it's, it's unfair to, to look at the situation and say, I don't know what you do offensively. I don't know how you beat this. I don't know how you come out of this funk. But Matt LaFleur, you were brought in here to do that. Aaron Rodgers, you're here to do that. And, you know, well, we don't have good enough wide receivers. Okay. And again, I know PFF is not the be-all, end-all, but the fifth highest graded receiver in the NFL is Randall Cobb right now. So cry me a freaking river. Alan Lazard is ranked 37th. So you have a guy ranked top five and a guy at the top half of, like, the number twos. He's, Alan Lazard is, is, his grade is just... One spot below DK Metcalf. He's graded higher than Jamar Chase is right now. So, 
you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of talent there. Aaron Jones is playing out of his mind. Aaron Rodgers is the highest paid quarterback, I think. I don't even know. The receivers are doing their job. Guys are getting open. You got your tackles back. I'm sorry, but I'm 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 done giving excuses. You have to make this work. You have to figure it out. I'm going to sit here and acknowledge that this is this is exactly the defense we don't want to see. Really good up front. They're going to be able to rush the passer, and they're going to do a good job of stopping the run. They're going to do that, and they're going to dare you to pass. And you have to make that work, even though you haven't been able to in the past. And you're going to have to do it without the aid of any speed on this team, really. Again, Dobbs is there, but they don't even use him in that capacity. And when they do, like they try to send him down the field, I don't think I've seen him get open once. Not just in straight speed, you know, foot race beaten guys. I've never seen that. Getting out open, you know, running routes and, and with scheme, yes. Finding open spots in the zone, yes. But you're the freaking Green Bay Packers. You are Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, A.J. Dillon. The wide receivers are, are playing, grading out better than they have pretty much in, in, in all of Matt LaFleur's tenure. Cobb hasn't played this good since I don't even know when. Dobbs is an emerging star. Figure it out. You, you, by the way, you have two great receiving backs. A.J. Dillon has been relegated to, to not even backup status. He's getting as many carries now and, and targets and play in the offense as he was when he was the number three running back between, be, behind Jones and, and Jamal. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'm getting this out late as it is. Apologize for that. Um, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. Again, I, 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 my, my intention isn't just to make it gloomy, but I, I want to, for the third week in a row, make it very clear that if you think they're just going to steamroll this team, you, you need to reassess that. And, and just like I said last week also, if they end up blowing out the Jets, we need to be more impressed than to just say, you know, finally they did what's expected of them. No, 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 no. That's, that's a really, really impressive thing because they overcame something. And then, then we go on to figure out what exactly it is they did and, and hopefully that that continues and maybe this is the change of all these things and that's, that's really, really good news, not just freaking about time, you bunch of jerks. So I hate that I'm saying the exact same thing as last week and then we lost last week, but we're home. We're in Lambeau. It's after a loss. It's a subpar, not horrific, but subpar team. We know we have the talent, so just, just go out and do it. You guys have yourselves a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.